The following is a Joel Mahalik production. On November 13th, Felix Unger was asked to remove himself from his place of residence. That request came from his wife. She asked him to leave because he wouldn't listen to the Joel Mahalik show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coronavirus 2.0. What? And also welcome to the Joel Mahalik Show. <laughs> oh, my God. Featuring the lovely Sharon. I'm Joel Mahalik, and across the table from me is, as always... The, the lovely Sharon. The always and ever so lovely Sharon. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. I'm looking at you over my glasses. So am I. Okay. Well, mine just comes naturally. So does mine. <laughs> I, you know, I was saying I had to adjust your mic, but maybe I have to adjust. Sorry, folks, if this is making noise. I can't even. I can't. I can't. I'm making a little bit of just, microphone no. noise. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Okay. Actually, that adjustment worked. Maybe we should lift yours a little bit. What? I don't want to. All right. Well, yours is as high as mine is. Mine was actually lower. All right. Let it go then if you don't want to. Let it go. Let it go. I'm just trying to do what you told me to do, and uh, you're right. confusing me. It's fine. It's fine. So, welcome to the program. Uh, Gosh, this, I, this, I forgot we were on the radio. Yes, is program number 144. Oh, my goodness. You had to look that up. I did, and I looked at it three <laughs> times before I hit the air button. Yes, I did. But anyway, show 144. If you're looking to subscribe to the program, you absolutely should because you never want to miss an episode. Right. Do so by going to www.jmtalk.net on the web, on social media, TikTok and Facebook at JM Talk, Instagram and Twitter at JM Talk Radio. Also drop us a line at joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. You're trying to do an Ace Ventura? <laughs> I guess. I was trying to get that whole line out in one breath, which I did do. Yes, you did. It was... After I all, was not so quite impressed. <laughs> <laughs> after all the cardiac tests I had, that was like my own kind of cardiac test. Oh, okay. I gotcha. There you go. Equivalent to testing how long you can hold your water under breath. What? <laughs> um okay it's hot down here in the studio for some reason it's hot outside the the heat wave is back yes with a vengeance yes i'm glad why because that means i get to go feminine oh that's right you don't go feminine in 80 degree weather no you said it's too cold. The other day it was too cold it's to go It's too cold. Forgetting we had a heater. Uh, I, I just don't see the point in the heater. I mean, the swimming pool is in the sun all day long. And for a pool that is, there's no trees around the yard. It is in direct sunlight because the, the pool, say, uh, lengthwise, goes east to west, as does the sun. And the, so it has the sun all day long. Okay. It's the weirdest reason to put a heater in. 
And what's you, your point? If you ask me. The nice. heater's in I, for the spa aspect of it. Wow. And now, so that you can use it. Now they can hear you. Year round. I'm really sweating. I think you're making me nervous. Am I? I think so. Yeah, it's not the first time you told me that. I hate that. So anyway, uh, yes. Yes, we're talking about Sharon's pet peeves today. <laughs> <laughs> so as I correctly predicted, uh, um, the Delta variant is surging. And uh, so I know that... So they say... We at work went back to mask mandates. We had just lifted mask mandates. Actually, we didn't even lift them all the way. We lifted them like 20%. And now we've had to give back 15 of that 20%. Huh. So, um, and I guess like, uh, you know, of course, the spokesperson for the White House, Jen Psaki, or whatever her name is, said that there's not going to be a moving towards another lockdown. But what I'm waiting for now, though, is all your individual retailers mm-hmm. to start making you wear masks again when you come and to those stores. Walgreens has a sign up that says we highly recommend that you wear a mask whether you have the COVID shot or not. Okay. They're not saying you must at this point because there's no mask mandate by the state. So. So, Right. So that's where we are. Yeah. Um, So anyway, um, yeah. So, I mean, we got our shots, but, you know, now the the thing that's upsetting most people right now is the fact that they will upset people who have been vaccinated by making them conform to things that they said they would not have to do if they got the shot. So, um, you know, it is really touchy. We're not medical professionals. Um, You know, you and I do typically look at the science. So, obviously, there is some issues out there. Um, But I guess I would have cautioned... Uh, the fearless leaders to be careful how they said things in the beginning because they literally, and in fact, a reporter did question the president saying, you said that if you were vaccinated, no man, blah, 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 you know. And, right. And he started yelling at the reporter saying that's not what he said. And it's clearly what he said. It's on tape. But I thought, I think the funniest thing though, not really funny, huh? I feel for the people of New York. Mayor Blasio is pretty much enacting socialist rules. He, by I think the middle of August or middle of September, I forget which, but you will now need to prove you've been vaccinated if you want to go to a gym or a restaurant or a bar. That's against HIPAA. Well, no, it's not against not really. It's not against right. HIPAA, but it, it, it's against humanity. I mean, that's very. Why don't you just make unvaccinated people wear a star on their clothing that's sort of where that's headed and i'm sorry if people were offended by that uh comparison but that's exactly what you're doing first this moron was offering free cheeseburger meals with fries if you got the shot and now he's so angry that now he's saying as of such and such date you won't be able to enjoy he's on tv i saw this interview he's on tv exactly saying do you you like what we have in new york you like having all these things we have we have gyms we have bars we have restaurants well if you're not vaccinated you're not going to get to enjoy them (laughs) so you you tell me if i'm going overboard with my comparison i'm not i'm absolutely not 
when people don't pay attention to history, you're doomed to repeat history. And that's what we're doing. We're getting ready to repeat some history here. So. Yeah, because we did it last year. That's the history we are repeating. Mm-hmm. And others, but anyway. So, um, <laughs> trying to talk to you with my eyes. You're not I'm sorry, listening. Let me, let, me, let me push my glasses up so I can hear. <laughs> anyway. So, um, okay, that being said, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what do we got? I got a selection of things today. That's the one about of the week. Where do I want to go first? Oh, my God. When, when we heard the story uh, i'm not talking wombat of the week i'm not, we're not going into the story no. but it was just amazing when we heard the story on the radio the very first thing out of both of our mouths and this is how in sync we are that is wombat of the week yep and we had to get it we had to get it we did get it yeah we yeah we did get it so so you're gonna like this wombat yeah. of the week Yep. It's a real bang-up wombat. <laughs> um, I saw this on Twitter and this week, and I had to... I don't I don't know who actually wrote it, uh, so I'm not going to give props to anybody in case it was copied. Because a lot of copy and pasting happens on social media all the time. But All the time. This was a pretty interesting fact. It turns out it's fact. Anyway, it says, I feel like potatoes don't receive enough recognition for their versatility. Breakfast, hash browns. Fast food, french fries. Fancy dinner, baked potato. Holidays, mashed potatoes. Relaxing at home, potato chips. There's literally a potato for every occasion. <laughs> Are you really saying the words that you're saying? Yes. Yes, this is uh, entertainment, man. Entertainment. But you can't argue with that but it's fact. it's the truth. Yeah, you you're can, right. You cannot argue with that. There is a potato for everything. You are so right. They mentioned, well, they say relaxing at home. I guess that would be a late night snack. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you can say, uh, what interested me about this is you can say it's about other things like uh, like tortilla. You know, the breakfast, you can have a burrito. Yeah, my God, yeah. you're talking... Lunchtime, you have a burrito? You, you freaked and skeezed me out yesterday in the store. Well, when I told you about my new breakfast idea yes. I saw on TikTok? Oh, God, it sounds so gross. Hashtag TikTok made me do it. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get a frying pan, okay? And you, st and you I, start by... Before you continue, people out there, please, please tell oh, me... Boy. Please tell me if you agree with me or not tell her that on this is gross. At, tell me on Facebook. At JM Talk. At JM Talk. So you get the pan nice and hot. You, lay, you layer it with some pepperonis. Okay. They start getting, you know, the you know, blub, blub, blub. And, you know, they start pumping up in the center. And then what you do that next is then you put mozzarella cheese in the pan. You let that start melting, and then you scramble up an egg, and you salt, pepper, whatever you want in the egg, and you pour the egg over that. And you swish it around to keep the egg even as it cooks. And when it's about two minutes, when it's nice and cooked, you put your tortilla on top. Maybe some more cheese before the tortilla, and then you get that flipped. So then you start browning the other side of the tortilla, about a minute. Okay, you slide it out of the pan, 
and you roll it into a breakfast wrap or a breakfast Where pizza. Where does the pizza sauce come in at? Uh, you can put that on it while it's cooking, or you can dip it au jus style. Can you au jus pizza sauce? I don't know. How does that not sound good? Um, It just, first of all, you know I don't eat eggs. That's number one. I have to really, really be in the mood for it. You eat meatloaf. Eggs. You eat hard-boiled eggs and salad. Yeah. Eggs. Okay, that's not even all the time. You've never had a breakfast sandwich from Wawa? Babe, stop. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. Uh, Well, I'm trying to find out what you're saying when you say I don't eat eggs. Okay. So, therefore, when you were saying this in the store, talking about a breakfast pizza and that goes along with eating cold pizza left over from the ew I I just it just sounds so gross to me that you have eggs and pepperoni and tortilla and pizza sauce you get the flu shot right every year uh yeah why because they put scrambled eggs in it no, they don't. Yes, they do. They're scrambled no, they eggs don't. in a flu shot. That's you why. That's why stop when they put it. when they put it in, just they got to press it. real hard on the plunger because they got to get their scrambled eggs to go through that just little stop. tiny needle. <laughs> no, and you're not skin. working. And then you have scrambled <laughs> eggs in your in your body. Don't do that because you'll scramble egg your brain. <laughs> anyway, that's the yeah, that's, that's, that is a low carb mm. breakfast. Lots of protein. You got your cheese. You got the meats on it. Mm-hmm. More cheese. Yeggy. That's how Molly, our security system, pronounced eggs. They're pronounced Yeggy. Y-E-G-G-I-E. Right. S if she's having more than one. <laughs> or wants more than one. <laughs> <laughs> she still doesn't know yet which came first, the Yeggy or the chicken. Right, because she eats both in the same sitting. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, okay, so, but so, that absolute fact. Okay. And uh, there the, you go. the lovely Sharon wants you to visit us on Facebook at, yes, at JM Talk and tell her what you think about eggs or this, no, my breakfast idea. The breakfast idea. All right. Yeah. Now, see if our culinary uh, consultant and was available, we can check with him. He say, can test it. If you say that you agree with me, just say agree. If you. Do not agree with me. Just say agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All goodness. Right. What do we have next? Okay, so check this out. Da, da, da. The world's first space hotel will open by 2027. And you can even buy a vacation home there. Now, when I read this, and this is from travelandleisure.com, so it's not like from um, this is stupid BS.com. <laughs> the first thing I thought of as I was reading through this story, perusing, because I, I, I don't always read through them, because I have them here. As I was perusing, was the movie Elysium. You remember that? Yes. They had the space station up yep, there, and yep. all the rich people went there, yep. and all the people that couldn't afford to go there were the scar of the earth. Yeah. Living on earth under. Yeah. robotic police rule yep. great movie and then they tried to get up there and 
Yep. yep. Because they had machines that could heal anything. Right. You're just laying it and it heals anything. 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 Anyway, so uh, space space tourism, no longer the stuff of science fiction. Of course, as we know in the last couple of weeks, two different billionaires went up to the uh, the edge of space in their own personal craft and took people. So... Um, so aside from private missions uh, like Inspiration Four and uh, the Dear Moon, in which members of the general public will spend a few days at the SpaceX vehicle, okay, that's upcoming. That's besides Jeff Bezos and then that other guy who went up there uh, in the past couple weeks. Okay. Um, there are also a few space hotels in the works. The latest to announce the, its potential opening date is Orbital Assembly's Voyager Station. I like the name of it. Uh, which is currently scheduled to begin construction in 2026 and welcome guests in 2027. Uh, taking its cue from science fiction films like 2001 A Space Odyssey and Interstellar, Voyager Station will create artificial gravity using centrifugal force, which is like Elysium. Yeah. Um, and um, the hotel will take on the shape of a Ferris wheel, Elysium. Elysium. Spinning to simulate gravity in its pods. Not only that, but also the Voyager Space Station Star Trek had yeah. some similarities that, yes. but on a different plane. Yeah. Okay, so uh, although it's um, it's far from being usual compared to Earth hotels, its rooms and amenities will be largely familiar to regular travels. There will be luxurious accommodations for up to 280 guests. Oh, man, I gotta, I'm close on the time. Including available for purchase as vacation homes, a gourmet restaurant, bar, gymnasium, entertainment center. In essence, it's your standard high-end resort just in space. Wow. So, uh, I'm going to... Can s- we go? Well, I'm Come gonna, on. I'm How about we just stuff. buy a spot? Okay. I'm, I I'm, think I'm, we should. Da, 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 da. In any case, it's more than likely that space hotels will become a reality soon enough, given that Voyager Station is one of three space properties in development right now, lovely show. How do you determine properties and well, where it goes? And Well, there was some... Some of this stems from... Uh, okay, I'm going to push it a little bit. Some of this stems from conversation that's been going on for like 10 years about that. There is no one. No one governs space. Right. Which is why Jeff Bezos wants to populate Mars once he can build there. Populate Mars. And he said it's going to be the rule of like respect one another. You know what I mean? Oh, because everybody does oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, if you want a three and a half day stay... Three and a half day. And I guess it's three and a half because there's going to be some travel time, maybe? Yeah, I bet. I imagine these will just be above the Earth. Yeah. Lovely Sharon, in seven seconds, guess how much three and a half days at this hotel will cost you. Because you want to go. So, think about it. About 700000 A casual, it says here, it'll cost you a casual... Five million dollars. What? Five million dollars. So wow, for I'm, three I'm, days. I love you to death, but I'm not taking you to space anytime soon. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't expect you to. The world's first space hotel, 2027. Wow. That is like, that's a blip from now. I mean, yeah. it's already 2021. It's about to be 2022. Yeah. You know. That's insane. Come on. And so if the government can keep, you know, corona from spreading, then they might be able to get this hotel done. Wow. Yes. Very cool. 
Anyway, it's Coronavirus 2.0 here on the Joel Mahalik Show featuring Lovely Sharon. And when we come back from break, we have a Wombat of the Week. We have another interesting story to share. And um, later on, on the third segment, after the Lovely Sharon departs, we're going to have a horrifying time here on the program. What? So stay tuned. There's plenty more coming up after this. <laughs> this is New York Super Oldie Station, 920 WON, The Apple, Brooklyn, New York. So I use my computer every day. I'm not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue. And you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com. Welcome back to the program, folks. This is the Joel Mahal Show featuring the lovely Sharon, and we're back. We're back. Take two. No. Um, <laughs> no. So, uh, any hoozy waddy coming up in a little bit here is the Wombat of the Week. But first, before we get to that, we have to talk about something that, in its own way, is sort of disgusting, in its own way. However, not as disgusting as... The pizza breakfast? Mm, no, definitely not as disgusting <laughs> as the pizza breakfast. Not as disgusting as... Okay, so about a year or more ago, you may remember we talked about how um, it started in laboratories in Australia where they were starting to create um, meat using bugs. Okay. Do you remember us talking about that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So apparently, um, lab-grown meat. Now this is not with bugs. Lab-grown meat. Okay. Okay. Could be on store shelves by next year, thanks to a company called Future Meat Technologies. Now it. So it's interesting. It's not. It. it I. After I read this, I was like, okay, that's not as gross as. Having, yeah. to, having to make meat out of, you know, friggin' bugs and stuff. And, yeah. But anyway, so Future Meat Technologies has raised four, $14 million in new financing to build its first pilot manufacturing facility to bring the cost of production of a cell-made steak down to $10 per pound or $4 if the meat is combined with some plant-based meat substitutes. Now, of course, plant-based meat has been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still won't eat it, but I think the important takeaway here is we may be eating something other than the real, real thing in our lifetimes. Uh, you know, we may be. Yeah. I mean, I said it before. When I we, guess. I, I said this before when we were talking about um, uh, meats created with bugs. I don't mind hunting my own food. Just tell me where the tacos roam and I'll go right. hunt my own I food. I know, right? 
Where do the hot dogs hang out? I'll go, I'll go strangle them. I'll go choke the hot dogs myself <laughs> so I can eat. Um, okay. <laughs> the $10 price tag is a whole lot lower than the $50 target that experts from the Good Food Institute were talking about back in April of last year and represents a significant cost reduction that makes lab-grown meat a potentially commercially viable option much sooner than anyone had expected. Um, so, this is a very long story, but I want to get to some crux of it. Okay. Um, da, 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 da. In a way, they say it's not much different to the approach of Tyson Foods, an investor in future meat through its venture capital arm, has taken with farmers. Tyson contracts with poultry farmers to raise the chickens that the company slaughters and processes and provides them with the means to raise the chickens for slaughter. Uh, so this, the secret to this future meat success portfolio is that the its use of undifferentiated fibroblast cells that can be triggered with a sm- with small molecules to turn into either fat cells or muscle cells and once the fat and muscle starts growing they're placed in culture with specific resin that removes waste materials that have been in in, in pediment growth at larger scales so uh, while Future Meat does not rely on fetal bovine serum to grow its meat products, it does use small molecules derived from CHO cells, Chinese hamster ovaries. Um, no. Which are used in new medical research and drug manufacturing. You're probably already taking this in some of your drugs. So, um, anyway. So, yeah. So... Because of them, there's also two other companies that are trying to get started up, but Future Meat seems to be the one that, as I said, might be able to put this on shelves next year. And um, your thoughts about that, lovely Sharon? Ew. I'll sum it up in one word. Ew. Why ew? Because if my meat hasn't been walking... Before it got to my plate, <laughs> it's not going in my mouth. Well, we had a food truck at work the other day, and my meat was still walking when I got it to the table. So, wow! <laughs> but nihilists run it dead. <laughs> um. Okay. So. No, you, I, I no. So let me ask you this, just to get to keep the conversation a little longer than me just perusing the story. If it came down to that, mm-hmm. what would you do as an alternative? Become a vegetarian. But if I'd rather eat plant-based food, plant-based meat, than that. Okay. I'm just, I mean, I was a vegetarian for a little bit. If you recall. Yeah, I'm a vegetarian too. I just, I still eat beef and pork. Right. Yeah, but I'm still a vegetarian. Right. Do you remember the time when uh, we were trying to find, first of all, you're the one who discovered I was lactose intolerant. Yes. So after living with this nightmare all the years of my life. Before you met me. Yeah. Which, a whole 28 of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, my lactose intolerance, which I, I didn't know at the time it was, almost 
uh, put me in divorce court on the night I got married the first time. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as you, so you discovered it, you introduced me to lactate pills, you saved my life in more ways than one, by the way. Right. But... But and, you and also you did. were taking Imodium, yeah. like it was candy. Well, yeah. like for real, you were taking a lot of Imodium, and I'm not. So was your mother, but you never told her that. I tried to tell her that, and she told me to mind her own business. It was actually the only time she ever <laughs> was cursed with me, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah, but you were taking much more than my mother was. So, uh, you always. Earlier on, we're also looking for other ways to get around my lactose issue. So, this one time, you you were talking about this stuff you found out about tofu, and it comes in different softness. Oh, yeah. I've always known yeah, about you, tofu. You can have tofu that is tough enough to be a steak, and you can... Yeah. But then you were like, there's one that whips into a creamy consistency so you can use it for your onion dip you like onion dip honey right. why don't we get you this pack of tofu and we did and it came out like a curd and i put the onion mix in you remember this yeah okay and i'm sitting there trying to whisk it and the best i got out of it was it looked like feta well i'm sorry i'm not dipping my i'm not i'm not gonna let look don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining Okay, you can't sit a bowl of what looks like onion smelling feta in my lap with a bag of chips and say, go dip away. <laughs> <laughs> so, needless to say, that was a waste of money because we threw it out. There was just no way. It was crumbles. There was no yeah. there was no consistency. Was, oh, same consistency as sour cream. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you bought the wrong stuff. So, That's all I have to say. If we wound up in a position where we had no more animals to derive chicken and beef from, then we would not have milk. We would not right. have cheeses. Mm -hmm. We would not have... I mean, I know they make uh, dairy-free cheese. And dairy-free like, milk. It's like... You drink it now. Right. But I, but I don't eat the tofu slabs that they call cheese slices. Okay. Not happening. Okay. You know what I mean? But it's not derived from tofu. What's it derived from? Um, other stuff. <laughs> that You know what? That statement is scarier <laughs> than you saying it's derived from tofu. <laughs> tofu. Other stuff. Like what? Not tofu? Toenails? I mean, what is it you're saying here? Don't say that when I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Um... Yeah, I I don't know. In all honesty, I don't know if I would eat it or not. It, I guess it depend on depended on what it looked like. Well, I mean, obviously, what turns even, me off are the HMOs. The HMOs. Yeah, the hamster ovary stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, our culinary correspondent once, if you remember. Uh, did a uh, the Impossible Whopper field, yes, field test. Yes, yes, And he ate it yeah. on camera. He said he'd probably never do it again. He said it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't not palatable, but he will probably, he said he probably wouldn't do it again. Right. But I guess if you're presented with the fact that you can't have meat at all, maybe you would, you know? Yeah, yeah. If that was the only meat available... And there was not another cow to be found or another pig to be found 
which would be awfully sad, by the way, then maybe. But I don't know. I can't say that. I'd probably say, you know what? Screw it. I don't eat red meat as it is. Nobody, except yeah, well, for in hamburger. Hamburger. Hamburger helper. Meatloaf. Speaking of meatloaf, real quick. So that's that, folks. May, and you know what? We'll probably post this story. I want to get their opinions. We'll ask that question. Yeah. This week on Facebook, we'll ask, what would you do if there was no real meat left? Yeah. And you, know, and you had yeah. to go to... Um, but, you know, uh, my assistant at work the other day was warming up something in, in the microwave and he pulls it out and, you know, takes the cover off and it's, it looks, it's meat cakes. Remember? Do yeah. you remember meat cakes? Yes. Folks, meat cakes back in the day was for us po' folk is when instead of having a meatloaf, uh, my parents made meat cakes and they were just these Excuse me. small, maybe three inch round little meatloaves it was mixed up with the same ingredients but then they would break it down and you get two meat cakes with your vegetable and your starch and i was like i have not seen meat cakes and so he called it something else of course obviously in spanish and it sounded cool but then he told me what was in it and i'm like it's meat cakes (laughs) it's it's meat cakes oh my goodness all right, here we go. Wombat of the Week time. If you want to get your story heard on Wombat of the Week, it's really easy to do so. Isn't it lovely, Sharon? You can send us. Yes, it's very easy. The link to a verifiable news story of stupid people doing stupid things in the news. We have to be able to verify the story, and it'll go into the ever-growing list of wombats. And sometimes we get something like this that just happened. We have to make sure we pull it up to the forefront. And sometimes we are digging into some that are in the past, but uh, that's because there's so many wombats out there, and they're they're growing by the day. Send us the news story. Send it to us by email at joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. You can also send it to us in a message on Facebook at JM Talk, and we'll be glad to get it on the list. So anyway, so as the lovely Sharon said earlier in the show, we heard this on the radio, and we just, in synchronicity, knew we had to do this. Yeah. We had to, we had to get our hands on this story, and we did. So... Um, this happened last week. Uh, police say they arrested a Washington man after he shot at his refrigerator with a gun because a soda can exploded inside the refrigerator. Wow. Yes. Officers responded to a house on the 700 block of South Natchez Avenue in Yakima last Saturday on the 24th of July. So that might be two Saturdays from now. Yeah. After receiving reports of a shooting, they reportedly arrived to find a man outside the home yelling incoherently with a gun lying in the middle of the road. Uh, The authorities took the man into custody, and then they learned about what happened from witnesses. They told the police that the man was putting soda cans in a fridge when one suddenly exploded, prompting him to pull out a pistol. He fired around into the bottom of the fridge, uh... Killing the soda. Oh, I guess. The man claimed that the people who live in the basement wanted to kill him. So when he heard the gunshot, he fired back in self-defense. Oh, my goodness. Police then explained to the man that the sound of the soda can popping was what he actually heard. Investigators also say there is no one that lives in the basement below the man. And that, in fact, there's no basement at all where the man lives. (laughs) What? The man also admitted that he found the gun two weeks prior 
to the incident. Where did he find it? In the I store? I don't know. He was arrested <laughs> and booked for investigation of second-degree unlawful possession of a fire mo- firearm and the discharge of said firearm. Wow. So, um, I'm going to climb my soapbox for a second to wrap this story up, but... So this goes hand in hand. I was having a conversation with friends of ours yesterday about gun laws and stuff like that. And so obviously since he thought there was a basement and there wasn't, and he thought that there were people in the basement that's not there and there weren't because there's no basement. Um, the good question you asked is how did he get that gun? Yeah. Um, you know, you can write all the gun laws you want. And the reason this conversation came up is because Delaware is looking at doing per, uh, permitless concealed carry. Um, and I, I pointed out that the reason that there's no reason not to do that is because no matter whether you make us carry a permit, 10 permits, 15 permits, get right. all kinds of schooling, the law-abiding citizens will do what you keep laying on us. We won't like it and we'll bitch and we'll complain about it. Right. But no matter what you do, and I'm not opposed to sense the sensible gun laws, but no matter what you do, people like this who are shooting at non-existent people in a non-existent basement because a soda can that he was putting into the fridge blown, blew up, will always find ways to do harm and get the tools he needs to do harm. Absolutely. He or she. I don't, yeah. don't want to be gender specific. So, um, you know, I, obviously there's something wrong here, mm-hmm. and he probably... I think, this is my personal opinion, I think his elevator doesn't come out of the basement. Right. It doesn't go to the first to the top floor. Right. His cheese has slipped off his cracker. Yes. But um, am I allowed to say cracker? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the thing is, though, um, where was I going with that? So this man, even though he lives by himself, either maybe should not be living by himself or should have some sort of support system. And I said, I said this at least once before in the three and change years we've been on the radio on this show but I wrote a blog years ago saying that part of the reason we have gun violence issues mm-hmm. with people like this is because since the 1980s we well not us but the government the fund and the people that fund things have been deinstitutionalizing mental health and its facilities and workforce and yep. um, and tools yeah. since the 1980s so when you want to look at who created this problem, it's the people that created the problem by going from having facilities and the proper people to help these people to here's your pills, here's your monthly right. subscription, get the hell out of my office, and I'll see you in a month, good luck. Yeah. So although I do feel like he is in the cracks of that type of system, he is still yeah. the wombat of the week. Yes, uh, he is. We wish him well, but folks, don't shoot in a basement that doesn't exist at people that aren't there. Right. And you'll be okay, I think. I think you might be okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, For a know. little bit. Yeah, exactly. That is the Wombat of the Week, and you can get us your Wombat by sending it to us at joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. This is your favorite part of the show. I'm only kidding. I don't know if it's your favorite part of the show. <laughs> Why <Yeah>. would it <laughs> This is the part of the show where I say, say goodbye, Sharon. Goodbye, Sharon. And then, poof, she's gone. See, she's gone. I don't know where she went. (laughs) All right, so the lovely Sharon is departing. When I get back, uh, we have some really horrifying things to talk about. And what do I mean by that? Well, you'll just have to come back and find out.
after this. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Listen on the web, your phone, or your neighbor's internet connection. That wasn't very nice. This is Reality One. Welcome back, folks, to the Joel Mahalik Show, featuring the lovely Sharon. Uh, Thanks for hanging out and joining with us. This is the third and final segment of episode 144 happening right now. And uh, as I said, as I alluded to throughout the course of the podcast, this is a very horrifying third part for me to do. Um, And it's because... Oh, it's going to be because I'm going to talk about horror, <laughs> which is my favorite genre in movies and television and books and sometimes gaming. Although I have to tell you, sometimes gaming horror can be freaky. Uh, my son-in-law and I did a, uh, we used to play Dead by Daylight, which is like a slasher game. And when we first got it, and it is interesting, I did enjoy playing it. I, I haven't played it in a, probably a couple of years, but when we first got it, we were sitting, we were basically having a land party, right? So we, we, we lived together in the same house, and we were at the dining room table. Everybody was already in bed or watching TV, and so we had all the lights out, and we're sitting at the same table, and we're playing it. And in the same game, but on our two computers, but with the lights out. And, it, it, you know, having the lights out at night and so it's completely dark when you're playing a game like that is very close to virtual reality, uh, you know, where your peripheral's gone. I mean, your peripheral's in the black, so your focus all goes to that monitor. So uh, I also played, I don't recall what the name of it was, but it was that game with uh, what is it, Siren Head or the Siren oh jeebers that were kind of crazy anyway so yes in many ways my favorite genre uh, in different elements of the media so we're going to talk a little bit about horror t- today this week on the final segment to keep it entertaining so anyway the big story the big part of this Segment is from Variety.com, Variety Magazine, and apparently uh, Universal is dropping $400 million on a new Exorcist trilogy uh, starring Ellen Burstyn. Now, very little details about where they're going with this, uh, but basically it's uh, also starring uh, Leslie Odom Jr., and it looks like uh, it might be on Peacock if you're streaming the Peacock. Um, but basically, uh, there's you know for a, for a three page story, there's a lot of hoo ha in it. But uh, basically, 
you know, it, this is how little information it is. That, that if you want to find out what's really going on in it, it's hard to find in the story. It is going to be produced by Blumhouse, uh, so that gives me a little bit of excitement. I'm not really good with remakes. Very, there's a small percentage of remakes that I appreciate. And I also just found out this week that they're going to remake Salem's Lot again. I mean, they already remade it for television, and now they're remaking it again. Plus, I also found out this past week that the prequel novel by Stephen King, uh, Jerusalem's Lot, has been turned into a miniseries, I think, on epics uh, called, oh, Candlewait? Uh, Chapelweight. And so I might be interested in checking that out, but I'm, I'm very, I'm highly critical. I'm a pain in the ass when it comes to remakes. I'm not a big, I'm not always a big fan, but, uh, so, okay, so here, here's all you get on what this new Exorcist is going to be. You know, this is the only information about it, and it's going to be a trilogy, right? So this is the... This is the 15 words or less version. Joining the cast is Leslie Odom Jr. of Hamilton and One Night in Miami, Acclaim, whose character tracks down burstings after his child becomes possessed. Three-page story. That's the information we get on, on, uh, on some form of synopsis. Uh, the Exorcist was officially my first horror movie um there were things before it that i can't remember because uh i was like five when i saw the exorcist and so there were things i saw beforehand that i only have flashes of in my mind of what they were about and don't know what they were so but so officially it would be um, the Exorcist, and it was terribly scary at five. And then, of course, when they did the when they did the the version you've never seen before, where they added in, I think it was like eleven extra minutes of footage that was cut out of the first film, which included the infamous spider walk. Uh, the movie scared me over and over again. It, you know, the The Exorcist is a movie that I've probably seen. I'm going to say conservatively dozens of times and it it's a movie that will never lose its effect on me it will never lose its um it, you know it'll just never lose anything as far as I'm concerned and there are certain movies that do that exorcist is certainly one of them so that is um so they're remaking it uh, and I, I just don't know how it's going to come out. Like I said, highly critical. I was critical of it. Now, when it came out and they split it into two movies, I thought that was ingenious. I also really enjoyed the movies. And I think that they were uh, well done, well casted, and, uh, and, and they didn't... Like, it wasn't a movie that brought shame to the original miniseries. For example, <laughs> I never made it past episode one of the new stand, uh, and part of that is because uh, they were 
I don't like the way that they they were filming it. Uh, the I, I was not really impressed with the actors. Uh, again, this is me being highly critical. Uh, and there was you know when you're when you're taking something like a highly successful, highly big following, the stand 1994, I believe it was. When you're remaking that, I think you have a lot to live up to if you're going to put your fingers on that. Same with the Salem's Lot remake. You're doing now. This is going to be the second remake. It careful. I am excited that James Wan is behind it, but be careful. And so, I know that sometimes you need more than one episode to get into a limited series or a series. I I know that's what most people say. There was nothing about the first episode of The Stand, already being critical of it, that made me come back. Now, there might be somebody that might email me about this and or get on Facebook and say, you got to get to number two or number three. You got you to get there. And I just wasn't getting there. Like, I understand what you're saying. I've heard that before. But I'm also already critical about you touching my stand. Already critical of it. Uh, the minute I heard about it, I did not like the actor lineups at all. You know, I think that, and that what that speaks to is that the actors who did the first miniseries were amazing. They were amazing. They knocked it out of the park. So, uh, $400 million on an Exorcist trilogy. So, let's see where that goes. Linda Blair obviously will not be playing a part in this. Um, I think Linda Blair was pretty critical when she found out what she was really filming, like after it was filmed. Um, so, anyway, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do about this when it comes out. I really don't. Sometimes I like to see what the audience critics say, not the paid critics. Sometimes I like to wait and see what they say. And then, so if I'm stalling to see something because I'm leery about seeing it, I wait and see what like the Rotten Tomatoes critics say. What's the audience score? What's the What did the audience say about it in exit interviews? That kind of thing. So we'll see what happens. Exorcist. <sighs> we'll see if it's going to be a devilish time or no. Okay, I gotta change my microphone stance a little bit. Move over here to another screen. So uh, it's shout out time. Sticking with the horror genre, uh, you know, it's uh, something that the lovely Sharon and I have been doing. Uh, we've been doing shout outs, uh, and uh, you know, the lovely Sharon made sure that I already knew I was going to give a shout out to these people. But she said, make sure you get them shouted out this week on the podcast i'm like yes dear that's what i'm gonna do (laughs) so i stumbled upon fortunately for me i stumbled upon a podcast called my first horror movie and it is an amazing podcast and I, i love grassroots podcasts and this is what it is you know that's what we are we're very grassroots in fact we're so grassroots we're still in the. We're still like laying down on the ground underneath the weeds, um, you know. Sledgehammer Horror is, you know, they're they're working their way up very quickly, uh, and gaining ground with their podcast. So, and what they do is they interview people. They interview any, really any people. It's not like uh, they do work on getting people that have worked in movies. 
not necessarily horror. I've seen uh, musicians being interviewed. Uh, I have an upcoming interview. I'm being interviewed by them. And it's basically each episode is here's my guest. What was your first horror movie? Let's talk about it. Let's critique it. And let's maybe connect some other dots and come off the rails a little bit. I love it. I'm always coming off the rails on this podcast. This is right up my alley. Why wouldn't I listen to it? I listened to like 17 episodes already this week. I almost can't put it down. Um, But I do have to get chores and stuff done. So so it's really good. I, I actually found them through one of the horror groups on Facebook. And so that was really cool. And the way I sort of met them too was I was being critical of a guest, somebody who's very popular in the horror movie genre, who uh, was basically declining a spot on the show unless they had X amount of subscribers, which, you know, so I got in on that conversation because, you know, I've, I've been down that road dealing with people who have expectations of you before they, you know, be a guest on your show. I've been there twice in my, what am I, I'm 14 or 15 total years broadcasting. So I was offering my opinion about that situation and then, you know, uh, turned into uh, some cross-promoting, cross-liking each other's shows, and I've been talking like for the better part of the week with the the guy that does the booking, and you know, developing a relationship with him. And I have a spot coming up on the program, which uh, I will. FYI, I will check with them and make sure I have permission to post the audio of that here, uh, and be able to present it here on my podcast. So. If you like horror, this what is really amazing about this podcast for me as a as a horror fan is not only the hey what was your first horror movie but and the way they talk about it well what what is it about that so you know to get other people's perspectives on movies that you enjoy or their perspectives on movies that I didn't enjoy is really interesting it's a very interesting concept and it's enjoyable to listen to. And we're in this digital age now where we want to listen to everything. When I'm in my car right now, I'm listening to The Godfather. I just finished another Bentley Little book in the car. So back and forth to work or if I'm going somewhere else to a job or whatever, I'm listening to these audiobooks. When I'm at work or I'm down here working in the studio, I have a podcast. In this case, I have the you know podcast Sledgehammers on, on YouTube on. Maybe I'm not necessarily watching it, but I have it in my ear while I'm doing other work and I'm listening to these perspectives. And I think that it's really cool what they did. Ken Sledge did a great job with this concept. It's such a simple concept. Who would have thought of doing something like this? I've always wanted to do something in media, particularly with the horror genre and I could never get anything off the ground so I applaud them for what they're doing here I think it's a wonderful podcast if you like horror you got to check it out and now I want to tell you how you go about doing that I'm going to give you all the details plus you're going to be able to find these details listed in the show notes for this episode number 144 so first of all like everyone else they have an address on the web. So you can visit them at sledgehammerhorror.com. 
Sledgehammerhorror.com. Sledgehammerhorror.com. And that's where you can get all kinds of information about me and get merchandise. But you can follow them on Instagram at Sledgehammerhorror. Follow them at Twitter, Sledgehammerhorror, H-O-R. Facebook, they're on Facebook. Look up Sledgehammer Horror. And of course, on YouTube, look up Sledgehammer Horror. And again, they do other things, but the primary podcast is called My First Horror Movie, and it's a wonderful podcast. And you got to go listen to it. Give him props. Subscribe to his show. Subscribe to the program, especially if you're a horror fan. You will not be disappointed. On Friday, I listened to him interview... And you have to excuse me. It's um, the, her, her last name is Escape. Oh, Dietz. Eileen Dietz. She is the one who, if, if you watch The Exorcist, she's the one who played that like devilish face that pops up in um, the priest's dreams. So uh, he interviewed her. So that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's people who are uh, in the front people that are in the sidelines, people who have nothing to do with it, but do other things, wrestlers, musicians, and nobodies like me, a big fat nobody. I'm going to be on the program talking about my first one. So we'll see how that goes. So check him out, Sledgehammer Horror. Get on the YouTube and subscribe to his podcast and listen to them. Uh, Like I said, I'm about 17 or 18 deep right now. I started going in order, and then I'm like, wait a minute. He interviewed Eileen Dietz, and I'm now jumping around a little bit, but I will get back to it because it's not even who you have. It's just listening to the different perspectives. And from listening to Ken Sledge's podcast, I'm now watching some movies that I previously dismissed, and there's more on my list. I have this whole brand new list now of movies I need to watch. Because even as a horror fan, I mean, there are horror fans that will watch everything. And I'm not, but maybe he turns me into one. Maybe I go to the dark side. But anyway, so check him out. And uh, that will bring us to a crash and slam and halt here on the podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in once again and listening to us. Uh, If you like the show... Please like it, share it, subscribe to it so you don't miss an episode. And hey, if you like it, do us a favor. Maybe drop a review on whatever podcasting platform you listen on uh, to help maybe move us up the pages a little bit. Uh, Meanwhile, we want to tell everybody, please be safe. Do whatever you need to do to keep your family and yourselves safe through this corona crap so we can get it out of the way. So please be safe. We want to see you come back next week for the next podcast. Meanwhile, until then, take care, everybody, and we will catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye now. (laughs) 